The population of London grew at a rapid rate in the 19th century, and the city soon ran out of places to bury its dead. The answer was the creation of huge suburban cemeteries around the edge of the capital. Their grand monuments and more modest headstones connect us directly to the past, giving us compelling clues to fascinating lives. One local historian, Mike Gilfoyle, has made it his mission to uncover some of the extraordinary tales that lie behind the epitaphs at the Brockley and Ladywell Cemetery in South East London. More than 150,000 people are thought to have been buried in this leafy, peaceful resting place. Some famous in their day, some infamous, many deserving recognition once again. These are the stories behind the London epitaphs. The story of Mary Ann Bevan is heartbreaking. She was 59 years old when she died, a devoted mother who had gone to extraordinary lengths to support her children following the early death of her husband. We shudder now to think of the path she chose and can't understand how society allowed it. But maybe Mary saw no way around it. Life had dealt her a pretty bad hand and she found a staggering way of making the best of things. Mary was born in 1874 in Plastow, East London, one of eight children. She is believed to have worked as a nurse before marrying Thomas Bevan, a market gardener in her late twenties. Thomas died suddenly ten years later, leaving Mary with four young children to support alone. It was around this period that she began to suffer the symptoms of acromegaly, a rare condition where the body produces too much growth hormone, causing tissues and bones to grow more quickly. Mary, described as an attractive young woman before the onset of her condition, now found herself slowly transforming into something she didn't recognise. Acromegaly is usually diagnosed in adults aged 30 to 50 and can cause a wide range of symptoms including swollen hands and feet and gradual changes in facial features. Mary's lower jaw got longer and her brow wider. Her hands became enormous. We can only speculate as to how she must have felt during this period alone and responsible for four young lives. In the 1920s the condition could not be treated and Mary took a drastic step to cope with her mounting problems, she joined a freak show. Much later, a rather unsympathetic newspaper account of her life said that Mary had come across an advertisement seeking the ugliest woman. Ignoring the fact that she had a serious medical condition, the paper said she applied because she was poor and plain. In fact, the decision to make herself into a public spectacle must have been a very, very hard one. Mary was offered £10 a week, travel expenses and proceeds from the sale of picture postcards. Her strange career as a sideshow freak began. Her medical condition does not seem to have been mentioned in any publicity. Instead, she was promoted as an object of ridicule. Newspapers around the country would announce her arrival with the headline, The ugliest woman in the world is coming. One even added, uglier than ever. That she made at least one trip to America, possibly two appearing as a sideshow attraction in the circus. While her reputation grew and the crowds came to gawp, the medical profession was aghast. In the States, Mary became a patient of the pioneering neurosurgeon Harvey Cushing, who wrote a letter to Time magazine in 1927 complaining about the way it had made fun of her. This unfortunate woman who sits in the sideshow of the Ringling Brothers between fat lady and armless wonder 
and affects white lace hats, woolen mittens and high lace shoes as a story which is far from mirth-provoking. She previously, a vigorous and good-looking young woman, has become the victim of the disease known as acromegaly. Being a physician, I do not like to feel that time can be frivolous over the tragedies of disease. In the UK, she became extremely well-known, appearing in furs up and down the country. An article in the Dundee Evening Telegraph in 1927 has this to say. Mary Ann Evans is showing to crowds daily at Gussie Park Fair. Over 4,000 are visiting her on Saturday, among them being several people who had made the acquaintance of Mary at various places in America during her tour with Barnum and Bailey Circus. She claims to have the largest hands for a woman on record and offers a challenge of one pound to the first man who visits her who can show his hands to be larger than her own. The circumstances of Mary's death are not known, but it is very likely that her life was miserably painful and cut short because of her illness. Sufferers live in constant agony and eventually struggle to walk or even use their hands. Their life expectancy is shorter than average because of the strains of continuing growth and they are subject to heart and sleep problems. All we know is that Mary was laid to rest in Brockley Cemetery in the new year of 1934 and that her death was publicly announced on both sides of the Atlantic. A footnote to her moving story comes in the form of a Dutch doctor who came out in her defence many, many years later. Visiting England in 2006... He came across her image on a greetings card, making fun of her appearance. He recognised at once that she was suffering from the debilitating symptoms of acromegaly and complained to the card makers, Hallmark, who agreed to stop producing the design. The image used on that card must have come from the original postcards advertising her sideshow. It shows a woman with distorted features but with a blank, emotionless expression. It makes extremely uncomfortable viewing these days and begs many questions about the quality of life of a woman who saw no choice but to try and make a living out of her terrible suffering. London Epitaphs was brought to you by Tempest Productions.